Welcome to Curious Church Podcast. <laughs> that is welcome back. Oh yeah. Welcome back. <laughs> we're back. Oh yeah, we're back. We got your back. <laughs> I've got something for us to talk about actually. But I wonder if we do need to introduce ourselves at the beginning. Okay. We just did that last time, man. I know, but I'm wondering if we should do that consistently. Okay. What like a think? big introduction? I've got lots of, of thoughts on how you guys should be running this. Who, <laughs> <laughs> Who is this and why is she Okay, let me talking? just say this right now. We have a guest with us today. Whenever our guests come in, we call them out. And if you remember, there was a few episodes ago where we called out Kelly Powers because she gave us a four-star rating, mm. which, you know, she said, I'm just trying to be honest. But we don't really want honesty. <laughs> She's I mean, some people value honesty. But do we? Do we? <laughs> do we need we? to have a curious about honesty. <laughs> okay, so let me just say this. Jelaine, um, we had this idea to do books that have shaped us, right? And J- Jelaine... We already did it. Yeah, we did done. it, but yeah. Jelaine was like, she yeah. wasn't a believer in that no. topic. She thought it was going to bomb. I was right. What? <laughs> wow. What? I thought wow. that episode was fantastic. You obviously just missed what we're saying about we're not interested in honesty. That's right. Yeah, it was yeah. great. Oh, so, so it was great or it was horrible? No, she's saying it was great. Oh, it was great. Because we're not interested in, oh. in, in her honest opinion. So now she's telling us what we want to hear. Yep. Which is what we have to do. Doesn't feel so good, does it, Sam? Do. Yeah. I think we have to. I did, I, honestly, though, I did think that episode, if you, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back to the episodes called Book that sh- Books That Shaped Us. I thought it was a pretty decent episode myself. <laughs> I thought it was pretty interesting. <laughs> But I don't know. remember it. <laughs> <laughs> you blinked. I was I was pretty sure it was going to be lame. Are you serious? Yeah. You didn't tell me that before I suggested it. <laughs> I didn't know I had all this like disbelief in the room. I'm going to be honest. Most of our episodes, <laughs> the ideas you've come up with have been pretty I honestly thought that would be pretty interesting. <laughs> Books that have shaped us. I think it got good toward the end. Did you finish it, no, Jelaine? I oh, it. I know. Okay, maybe you have to do it, listen to the whole thing. Yeah, I'll finish it. Yeah. Anyways, maybe. I thought it was going to be fantastic, and it was. And that's the end story. Let's move on. Let's it move was on. wonderful. Let's talk about the present, not the past. Yeah, I think Matt's idea is good. We could introduce ourselves every episode. I'm Aaron. I'm Matt. I'm Sam. And we have a guest. She wanted to jump right in. She wanted to play around with us. Okay. She wanted to play our dumb games. Okay. I didn't know if that works. Is say that your, what guests Yeah, yeah, do? but say your name. Yeah, yeah. I'm Jelaine. Awesome. Antone. Yeah. Oh, another Antone. Antone. We're related. By marriage. We're by <laughs> marriage. <laughs> okay, make sure you keep, keep going with that. By marriage. Just this morning, we were embracing in the kitchen. Just a little morning embrace. Whoa. And then the kids were like... Copying us. Copying us. Oh. The, the sister and brother. And then <laughs> we, we were like doing... You know, it's a hug. It's a... I was going to say marital hug. Whoa. Whoa. Wow. Okay. It's getting hot in here. But you know. Uh, a little hot in here. You know, when two people love each other very much, and they made a commitment to one another in front of God and family, <laughs> friends. <sighs> anyway, we're like, glad I you two can't get married because you are related. Like, mom and I are not related. And they're like, what? You're related. Oh, really? They were trying to figure that out? Yeah, like, try to figure out, like... I was like, no, you're both related to me, and you're both related to mom. And related we're to, each other. Related to each other. <laughs> and related to each other. Anyway, it was just kind of a funny conversation. That It's funny that you bring that up. 
That's pretty funny. Maybe so then I they were trying to, but then were they trying to figure out like, okay, so then what's your, like, what's your connection? Like, yeah. how are you guys? Yeah. Stop making that motion with your hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you bring up uh, grandparents was, to help explain it? Because they, they had have, to go to school. It, well, this was oh, like on the you way didn't, out. You didn't have time to help no time for that yeah. nonsense. But, but yeah, they can make a different qualities of relations. Yeah, interesting. Well, here's what I wanted to bring up. So often, for long-time listeners, they know that often Sam will make comments about my physical appearance <laughs> on the podcast. And usually it has to do with my hair and whether it needs a haircut. Or your nudity. Or my nudity. But today I want to focus Don't in, picture that. I want to focus in specifically on my hair length because I will admit... It's getting a little long. I need a haircut. I do too. Want to go get one and together? in fact, I knew... I had a feeling I'm preempting this because I knew this would come up. And no, I don't want it. That's going to bring up a whole other conversation that I would also like to talk about. <laughs> I tried to get a haircut yesterday, but really? my haircut place was closed. Oh, well. And so I didn't have the opportunity. So I, I thought just you were going to say, say, they said, we can't do anything with this. <laughs> Went in, they were just like, wow, sorry, please go somewhere else. <laughs> we cannot handle this. But I tried, Sam. I want you to know. I tried because I value your friendship. Yeah. Unlike... The fact that you don't value my friendship. Oh. oh. This Thanks. brings up a painful story. Yikes. Yeah, there's a little inside story here. The story is... Okay, Sam, let me tell this story. Wait, are you done with the Okay, haircut? let me tell this story. Yeah, I'm done with my haircut. I just wanted to confess. You tried. I wanted to get, I tried, wanted to get that off my chest. In case okay, here's the story. Up. I told Matt and Rachel that I was going to go see a movie with them. And then I, went to, and then I saw it by myself. That is the that's story. Not the end that's the end of the story, though. But that's kind of the story. And yeah. so then what happened was, so then on Friday, I went to go see the new Star Wars movie by myself <laughs> yeah. and enjoyed it thoroughly. <laughs> and then Matt and Rachel yesterday were going to go see, they wanted to go see Star Wars, but they thought, no, because we agreed to see it with Sam. So we should Very wait. Reasonable. And instead, they went to go see this movie called Book Club. Yeah, we actually had this whole conversation. We, we said, oh, I said to Rachel, oh, we could... Uh, we could see if there's any space in the new Star Wars movie. And I was like, oh, wait, no, no. And she's like, no, 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 because we told Sam we would see that with him. I was yeah. like, yeah, you're right. Okay, we can't, we can't do that. That would be really mean. Yeah, yeah, we couldn't do that. <laughs> as, as friends <laughs> to do that. Because you made a commitment. Because we made a commitment. Yeah, I'm not sure it was yeah, a commitment. Before, before God and our like, friends that's, and family. That's, that's a very strong word. I feel like it was a loose agreement. Well, it was I kind of like a. if you call a... A firm handshake and a signed contract, a loose agreement. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyways, I deeply apologize. I do value our friendship. Your hair does look a little long today, um, but that that's n- uh, that's not going to affect our friendship in the long term. <laughs> Just for a little while. <laughs> for the short, for the short term, we're very damaged. But in the long term, the short term, I'm having a hard time looking in your direction. The moral arc of our friendship. But that's not doesn't say anything about your physical looks. Like like. Like how your face is put together, or like, yeah. you know, the shape of your body, or Very anything symmetrical. like that. Thank you. Yeah, Toned. like it looks great. Yeah, all of it looks great. Just <laughs> the the top, it's a little long. That's fair. I agree. Hey, we're gonna do a little segment now called my list, and uh, presenting my list this uh, this particular episode is our friend Matt Tim's here. But Matt, let's talk a little bit about what my list is. So this is a top five of your favorite things. No, no, this one's a little different. It doesn't. It, my list, I think, is just a list. <laughs> it's just a list of things. Okay, right? I'm, okay. Let me just say this: I'm the one who kind of made it up. <laughs> and when I made it up in my head, it was my favorite five things. 
Okay. That's how it started. And Here's now you guys problem. are trying to change Here's it. Here's the problem. You never communicated that. I think I did that. No, you just started. You said this is just a list. <laughs> no, no, and no. And then it happens to be my five favorite green things. That's the list what you is, started. The with. list has grown bigger than you yeah, or any other any one person. Aaron did a spectrum for a list. Yes. Which made no sense. <laughs> it made it was last year. It was totally like four things me. he liked and one thing he didn't like. No, no, that was a little weird. top thing was That's what a spectrum is. It could be anywhere on the spectrum. <laughs> you totally like inverted it. Spaced on no. the spectrum. I, I don't think you really understand what this segment's the about. The list Aaron. can be whatever the list is. But so, let me get this straight. So your top thing is your favorite thing. And your fifth oh, yeah. your fifth thing he hasn't said a word about it yet. Well, once, once you hear my list, you realize it's not really a favorite. This is just a list of things. Okay. Okay, so are you ready for this? <laughs> I'm a little disappointed, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so... Let's see how this goes. I, I had a beef in a recent episode that I was really fired up about. Yeah. What was it again? It was about uh, restaurants that don't put drink prices. Oh, yeah, yeah. On oh, that menu. got cut, actually. No, it didn't. I just no, it didn't. It really? no, it was oh. in there. Was just like, kidding. Oh, man. I thought I, <laughs> you I was guys. On fire for that segment. <laughs> yeah, there was a particular kind of uh, energy behind yeah, that one, Matt. Yeah. Almost as much energy as what I call the Safeway uh, 7-Eleven conspiracy. Oh, yeah. The, the tire, 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 almost yeah. as fired up as that. So I started thinking, out of that beef came what I call a life policy, where I refuse to order a drink. Uh, at a place that does not list the price. Okay? Yeah, we're all very impressed. Yeah. That then made me Which you think, end up punishing really yeah. only yourself. Right. Well, recently I actually had this policy in place. I, I was actually out with Sam. Yeah. And uh, oh. we were at a place that didn't have the drink prices on their menu. And I refused to order... But Rachel really wanted to have drinks, so she proceeded to order me a drink. Yeah, so she ordered one she for kind of him. Undermined, but I stuck to my life policy, and I did not violate it. But here's, here's the thing about policies. Policies... If you're in a workplace, you know that sometimes policies, they're, they're general guidelines. There are often exceptions to policies. So the things I'm going to share with you today are five life policies that I live by. Whoa. I, okay, I'm, pum- I'm pumped about this. I'm pumped about this. Okay. So again, life general policies. rules. General rules. Sometimes exceptions, but these are, these are my personal life policies. Do you know why yeah. I'm excited about this list? Why? Because now I can control you. Like, once I have a handle on these life policies, now I can manipulate them. Now I can use them. It is letting us into his life a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't the, know the how more many we of know these you're actually, you. like, going to be able to manipulate, because they're pretty meaningless. But, <laughs> but these are things that I, <laughs> yeah, okay. that I try to follow. Okay. So, number one, number one, we will start with the one that we know. Don't order off the drink menu if there aren't any prices. That's just hard okay. and fast. In fact, that one I don't even really allow exceptions to anymore. You know what you could do, though? This is a very simple solution yeah, to this. I, the, life, the list is not a solution moment. It's not, <laughs> because not you can, you can use your words and simply ask the person, how much is this drink? Yeah, but you know what you find? They don't know. They don't know the answer to that question. <laughs> then they're like guessing, oh, I think it's like six bucks. And you're like, yeah, but what if it's seven? <laughs> then you're just like, <laughs> then I'm just completely okay, but, not calibrated. But then what if it is seven? <laughs> yeah, Matt, come on. What do you mean? What, what, what if, if it is seven? seven? What's the big, what's, no, no, what's the, the point? Guys, have you ever heard of something called nonviolent protest? <laughs> That's what this is. It's a refusal <laughs> to purchase if they're not going to tell me up front what their prices are. Okay, so life policy number one. No ordering yeah. of drinks if the menu is not spelled out or the, the price yeah, so here's another restaurant-oriented one, okay? If I get a burger and fries, I, a life policy, eat the burger entirely first. 
The one exception is maybe a preview fry. It's it's a pre-prayer preview fry. Pre-prayer? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes that, that's permitted. Okay? How so, did prayer get put so into a this? Pre- <laughs> a pre-prayer preview, preview fry prayer? is sometimes permitted. Okay? But why the prayer? I don't get the prayer. Well, like, uh, the, like why are you when praying you, like, about saying the grace prayer? or blessing the meal... I, I won't eat a fry after that before the burger, but I might slip a fry quickly before. Like it's a, an unblessed fry. So it's a little I was going to say, that's fry. a little yeah. fry. But that's I will risky. sometimes do that. That's the, that's the rare exception to this policy, but otherwise I'm eating the burger entirely first mm. and then going to the fry. I did notice that some people are like, they eat in sections. Yep. So they eat all their potatoes and then they eat all their beans. I'm, and I'm then they a bit of a section eater. And yeah. obviously it, it gets harder and faster when it comes to burgers and fries. Okay. I think this is actually a really nice thing that I do because I eat very quickly. So this allows, like if I'm sharing fries with Rachel, this allows her to actually eat some fries because <laughs> I don't think she has the same life policy. She seems to mix as she goes. Yeah, I mix too. But but I'm I'm kind of strictly in order. So that's that's another life policy. All right. This seems Burger very in, first. in character for you. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Third policy, <laughs> as much as possible when driving, get in the lane that you ultimately want to be in and stay there. Early. Get yeah. there early. Yeah, 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 early. I mean, if it's five miles, then that's great. You just get in there. Five miles? I mean, potentially. I, I will I try it. to think. I yeah. will think ahead of my driving route, and I will think, will I be turning left in three miles? Then I will move into my left lane. This is like not not on a freeway scenario where that's you know you're supposed to merge in certain ways, but yeah. uh, I will try to get in my right lane and stay there as far as I can. Let me guess, it would make you nervous if you're driving with Rachel and she's not in the right she's not in the lane that needs to turn left. It makes me nervous if I'm driving with anyone and they feel unprepared for what's coming. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is where you can start to have some fun. I'm yeah. never driving with right? Sam, for the record. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty... This, actually, I kind of agree yeah, with you on that agree one. agree with that? Yeah, yeah. I'm I just think it takes away a lot of the stress of the merging. Changing lanes is obviously one of the most dangerous things. creates more accidents. It just <laughs> creates traffic. <laughs> it, it's just a dangerous thing. It's a dangerous part of the driving experience, and to minimize that just seems wise. So that's, that's life policy. Mm. Again, there can be exceptions. Aaron's got some strong feelings about this. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Aaron's that person who is veering everywhere. I'm not a veerer, but I do try to think how many cars can I pass before I have to make this. And turn. then I squeeze in. And I try, I'm always gauging how fast that car looks slow, or that is a sl- older car, so I think it's going to be slower or whatever. And, or that as an older driver, so I think I can get ahead of them later. I do put it off. Yeah. And then you can't, cool. you're that person who squeezes in. I'm not, I'm not a, like, I don't a think I'm a jerk about it. I wait till there's enough room. Okay. Let's talk about this. <laughs> and I always give a friendly wave if somebody lets me in when they didn't have to. I always you give a friendly that. wave even if like they don't let you in and you force your way in? You're just um, say a little, little kind of spiteful I don't think thank he forces you. himself in. I think he also has the mentality that if, if he doesn't turn at this particular time, he can get there a different way. And it will have Uh-oh. been worth it to have passed that car because it's one more car that he's passed. Yeah. Get there. So, it's, so we could talk driving all, all So it's kind of competitive day. for you. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, you're trying yeah. to beat everyone Oh, I'm just like there. trying to be the most efficient okay. way. It sounds just like a little weird mind game that you play with yourself. Yes. Keeps me entertained. <laughs> There's no denial of that. <laughs> all right. I was trying to provoke him into denying <laughs> it, but he just kind of just... Here's like, another driving one. 
Don't accelerate into red light. Is this number two, or is this just a freebie? Well, we're on to number four. This oh, is this, okay. my fourth life policy, I think. Oh, we Don't accelerate down, into red light. Are we going from on one four. to five, or are yeah, we going yeah, from yeah. five to one? Uh, There's not a favorite. These are just, <laughs> these are just, it's just a list. This is what okay, I was okay. to say, yeah. <laughs> no, but there is, four. I have to, I have to say that, like, when you do this, you kind of take the, like, number one is, like, the big reveal. Like, this is my number one life policy, and that, now, yeah. like, that's out of it. That's I'm, how I see it. I'm right? gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you something really honest about this list. It did not have that level of thought put into the order. <laughs> it, it was. Just and you wonder why they get cut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think this one's this one's on the chopping yeah, block. Edit that oh out, no! Oh, man. All right. Well, no, I want, like, number four it. is don't accelerate into a red light. Lots of driving. Actually, all of these are driving and eating related. Uh, I don't know why. <laughs> Two great things. Those are yeah, significant things, significant parts of my life, I guess. Don't ex- have you ever driven with someone who sees a red light and they just keep accelerating? Like not not accelerate is the wrong word. Take your foot off the gas when and you coast. see a red light and, and coast. coast. I'm a big coaster, firm believer. As long as I'm not creating issues behind me, like if there's someone right behind me, then it's dangerous to slow start slowing down sometimes or they're going to get impatient i don't understand this one you are you saying you don't your policy is to not run red lights <laughs> no 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 not run so you're coming along and maybe a little bit off in the distance you see that the light has turned red at that's that when point, i gun it at that point my foot comes off the accelerator no that's when you're supposed to push down no see there are and people go who do faster this. this stresses me out especially when i'm riding with them so my policy is take the foot off the gas and then i'm just going to coast i'm going to slowly slow down Rather than gas, 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 break. Oh, I see. Yeah. So, you know pe- so people who treat it like a stop sign or something, where they accelerate right up to the last second before right. they break. Yes, yes, yes. I'm, Why I'm, not just Matt, go as slow ever, as possible? Matt, if you're ever driving with me, here's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I, can t- I can tell you're an anxious passenger. Oh, I'm a really okay? bad passenger. So I'm going to give you, first of all, I'm going to give you a helmet. I'm going to put a helmet on you. <laughs> okay, so that's just going to calm you down right away. It's like whatever happens, accident, don't worry, you'll be safe. Okay, your head will be safe. Then I'm gonna put like a blindfold on you. Okay. So now you don't know what's happening. And I'm gonna say, Matt, just take a nap. Well, you put me just in the back take seat. a nap. Yeah, and then I'm gonna Whenever and, I'm driving with people that I don't know, like I don't know exactly how they're driving, if I can, obviously if it's two people, it's you can't get in the back seat. But if I can, I'm always gonna sit in the back seat because then I can I just avoid looking out the front way. Makes me a lot calmer. Yeah. Okay, is that number four? That yeah, was number, number five. Four. Okay. Number five is I always lock my car when it's parked in my garage. Is that is this common or uncommon? Ra- Rachel says, "Why are you locking your car? It's in the garage." And in fact, I think my car would lock automatically after a certain amount of time. Fancy, <laughs> yeah, my fancy Corolla. <laughs> Watch out, it's automatically locks. But I always lock it when I'm leaving my garage because, like, why? Just an extra layer of defense. I know, but like, what do you have in there that they want? There's nothing in my car at any time. Well, they're going to take your steering wheel, your well, seats. That would, that would be a big problem, actually, <laughs> if they took my steering wheel. But that's another life policy. I think when you're just in the habit of hitting the thing when you get out of your car, that makes kind of, kind of makes sense. Yeah, see, I appreciate you guys are very affirming of all of these policies is the general vibe I'm getting. These if that's if you're picking that up from me, <laughs> then you're not reading my face right. I've pretty much disagreed with all these. <laughs> that's not true. You said it for at least one. Of them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There you go. There are your life policies. I and, would, and yeah, and I think that you should continue to abide by them, and we can do whatever we want. Yeah, I would but love knowing to hear... this. Knowing like peeling this layer of of Matt's onion. Yeah, is is pretty interesting. They're also not out of character for yeah how long I've fit. known you. I should I should have thought about 
He just compared you to it. He surprisingly. Aaron just compared you to an onion. I mean, aren't we all a little bit? <laughs> I would like to hear from our listeners what their life And your are. number I mean, one life policy is. It'll make you cry. Did you give it already? Well, done? I wasn't doing a countdown. I just, I just. Yeah, that was number. Oh, that was. Oh, that was kind of a. Uh, a little kind of, that kind of fizzled. We're really excited today because we have Jelaine Antone here, who's going to be a part of our discussion conversation. And um, you know, we thought it would be really great to um, to invite in Jelaine to talk about uh, and have a conversation around uh, leadership, Christian leadership. How do you be a Christian leader? I mean, Curious Church Podcast, we're, we're curious about all kinds of things. I mean, basically everything. I mean, it's an infinite a number of yeah, things. Yeah, we're curious about everything. Yeah. And, uh, and we know that a lot of our listeners, like, you know, we work in, in the church, but we know that the majority of people don't work in the church. They work in businesses and in schools and in various other, you know, places. And so we thought it'd be really helpful to have a conversation around uh, how to be a Christian in your workplace and the ins and outs of that, the dynamics of that. Um, and I think this is what we're called, like just as a little more fr- framework, like this is what we are called to do as Christians, right? As, as re- people who believe in redemption and who are reformed, like we believe that all of creation is good and uh, people who follow Jesus should be should live that life well, everywhere. Yeah, and every week we gather for worship, but then we are sent out into the world we to serve sent. and to love in the places yep. where we work, we play, right? The places where we live. So what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to serve? What does it mean to love in the places where we work? Especially when those places aren't Christian. And we should say we're having Jelaine on, not just to have Jelaine on, but because she actually has some experience in leading as a Christian in these spheres. Jelaine, do you want to tell us a little bit about Well, I just what? thought, let's, yeah, let's I mean, just keep talking about great. Jelaine. <laughs> and let's... Um, <laughs> this is a piece of cake. We got it from here, <laughs> So one thing Jelaine wanted to say... Yeah. So I... So what are you doing now? So I'll jump in. So I am a, um, a public school administrator. And um, I started teaching as a teacher and was able to, you know, lead in that way. And then I spent seven years, I think six, seven, as a principal um, of an elementary school. And I actually, during that time, had the opportunity to start a brand new school, which was pretty incredible. Um, um, This year, I'm in a brand new position, so I'm learning to lead differently, um, more an outward-facing position as a director of growth and community engagement. So I'm not leading a team of people anymore, but I'm leading in a different way, which has been... Uh, learning experiences like leading a whole organization basically like the trajectory kind of of an organization right yeah yeah so what's like so just talk about that a little bit like what are some things you've learned or what are some like i don't know just some dynamics that you have to like navigate and that you find um challenging at times like in terms of like your faith and like how do you how do you incorporate your faith how do you integrate your faith because it's easy to just Right, I'm a Christian, but I'm gonna leave that at the door, and walk into this setting and not really talk about my faith, not integrate my faith. Yeah, like well, we don't want to do that. Right, it's but, been it's been really interesting to to be thinking about this conversation, knowing that this was coming up. The, you know, a couple of weeks ago we talked about this, and to think about um, as a public school administrator, there are very clear 
things that you can and cannot do or say or like those lines are really clear. Yeah. So to think about, you know, I am I am a Christian and I'm a public school administrator and those two things really are kept quite separate at the, you know, really at the Because surface. there's clear laws or clear boundaries Absolutely. or clear guidelines about. Right. So it's been really fascinating just to think and to reflect on how do I lead in a public place as a Christian person and how that, you know, to, to think through um, some situations and some experiences and some um, of the rewarding parts of my job and how that does actually tie into who I am as a person of faith. So I really so want to hear so really, well, you. Yeah, and I really want to hear. So like, so how, how do you do it? Like, what is, do you have strategies? Do you have a thir- certain thought? Pro- have you, is well, it trial and error? Have you tried things and thought, oh. Well, that would get me sued. Okay. <laughs> so let's just start there. Don't get no, sued. So I, think, I think at the very root of it is, is who I am as a person is I'm a follower of Christ and my faith is so it's foundational to who I am. So when I think about how I lead um, at a school site or an organization, I want what I do and how I interact with people and the decisions that I make to to always reflect that. So I'm not outwardly, you know, I'm not evangelizing at mm-hmm. my school, but I am trying to be a light and trying to show and reflect God's love and reflect Jesus and reflect my faith through through the way that I interact with other people. Hmm. So some people would say, though, like being a Christian in that kind of setting is to evangelize. Like that's that's the primary way that we live out our witness is to talk about Jesus. You're saying in your setting that would get you sued. <laughs> <laughs> fired. Or fired, right? <laughs> right. And so then there's, it seems like there's some wisdom involved in learning how to be a, a Christ follower in a setting like yours, right? Like, Yeah, I think about as a teacher, I taught for a lot of years, I taught first graders and third graders mostly. So I had this class of 24 people and their families that I was leading in a sense through a course of a school year. And my goal always, yes, academics are super important. Our schools are known for their academics, but also I have these people that I can, you know, I can help grow as you know, as people and help like, them think critically and help them yeah. to, you know, they learn to speak with good purpose. Like we don't just say things that are unkind and we are honest when we make a mistake and it's okay to make a mistake, but we're going to be honest about it. And those kinds of, um, that, that part of the classroom culture, I think is where, you know, that can kind of be infused. Mm-hmm. Julian, I want to go back to, you've made this, <laughs> you made this shift in wow. position uh, and you're talking about inward versus outward. And it seems like a lot of this in terms of Christian leadership is, I think, relatively easy to grasp when you're able to shape an environment. So you're in a classroom. You can easily kind of, you're you're literally shaping the You're in charge. In some ways, you're in charge. You're laying down the class policies and all that kind of thing, which I'm all for. Uh, <laughs> but you've shifted roles now to be a little bit more outward oriented. How do you... Have you kind of noticed the nature of your Christianity intersecting with your leadership changing, or is it doing similar things, or what do you think about that? Mm, that's a good question. Uh, I, th- I think you're right. So especially in, you know, again, in a classroom and then 
opening a school, all of those decisions and picking the team that was mm -hmm. going to be opening the school, that's all, it's pretty evident and mm -hmm. obvious how you can, how you can shape that. Um, I think really now that I've, you know, I'm still learning this new brand new position that no one's done before. So there's mm -hmm. no precedent. I think, um, it really is about relationships and how you interact with people. So as I'm talking with people who don't know anything about Rockland Academy and when, as I'm describing the schools and I'm describing our students and I'm telling stories about what we do and why we do it and how we're helping our kids to think critically about different things. Um, and then also, um, this part doesn't come easily to me, but listening to people and understanding where they are mm. and what kind of what they need and how we can support each other, um, mm. I think is another another aspect of it, which which comes, you know, as a teacher and a principal too, that's another big part, I think, of um, leading kind of with my faith as, a, as an underlying foundation is to, you, these are, it, it's crazy what people are walking through life with, and it's crazy what is going on in, kids' homes and with families and the circumstances. And if you can listen and provide space for that kid just to cry or to be mad and then mm -hmm. to work with families to get them resources that they need, all of that, just listening and caring and loving, even if it's hard to, to love someone else is another, I think, aspect. And I think, you know, shifting from leading a team of people to um, that more outward focus, that those kinds of connections and those kinds of um, supports can be brought into the school and also the school can help in that way in the community too. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting listening to you. It strikes me um, like if we had a pastor here and we we're talking about leadership as a pastor, they would probably express like some pretty similar things like listening, giving the person space, like in terms of like a pastoral counseling or that element. And there is a sense, I think this applies much more broadly too than just Christian leadership or your particular position, right? Like with coworkers, giving them space to express themselves, like in all these situations, there's such sort of a fundamental value. We might even say Christian value to allowing people to be kind of distinctly themselves right. within organizations. You can be something for them that they need at that time, right? So no matter what sphere you're working in, it doesn't have to be overtly you know, kind of in your face, but just how can you, how can you reflect God's love in the place that you are? So obviously this internal conflict is one of the challenges that can come up for leadership, really comes up for anyone in the workplace. Jelaine, for you specifically, from your kind of work experience, what are some of the challenges of leading as a Christian in a public school or in that environment? I am fortunate to be in a place that I feel aligns really closely with both my my philosophy as an educator and my values as a person and some of those, you know, character education things that we teach. Um, I think um, one challenge is that, you know, I, I, I had the chance to open this brand new school and it was a big deal for the community. And there are people who had been wanting to come to the school for years and years and they couldn't get in. So we have this brand new school opening. And of course, you know, I spent a year meeting with parents and getting to know people. And people are looking me up online and Googling who is this principal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they find things like that are make it evident that I am a 
Christian. My husband's on staff at a church, and we were in a, a worship uh, magazine article at one point. So those are the things that show up. <laughs> yeah. So people know that they're coming to a school that is led by a Christian. Uh-huh. And I think, and that's all fine, and there's been, you know, for a long time, tons and tons of support, but I, um, you know, there are some assumptions, I think, that are made about how one might handle certain situations because of assumptions that people might make about, you know, my beliefs as a Christian or how I'm going to approach things. And again, that's kind of where it's like, it's it's intertwined, but so separate. And mm. to me, as a school leader, the most important thing is that every single student that comes to school every day is supported and is loved and is able to thrive. And what can we do to support each child? And that's, as a school administrator, what my priority is and how can I best support teachers to do that work in their classrooms every day. Mm. So I think... You know, some sometimes people might um, question decisions or question direction because they um, are making some assumptions about how my, I guess, how my faith does interplay with how I lead a school, mm-hmm. or about how I might look at things as a Christian versus a school administrator. Yeah, I think that's uh, it's a great to hear that from the other side because I think especially people who are being led often want to jump to assumptions about what a leader should do. And they just almost never, speaking from personal experience, you almost never have the whole picture or understand all the dynamics of things Mm -hmm. that are playing out. And it's always a temptation, right, to think like, once you have one scrap of information, I now know everything the leader knows (laughs) in this situation. Mm -hmm. So I think there's also kind of a lesson in what you're saying for followers, in fact, Christian followers in uh, sort of any kind of work environment. What does it look like to Christianly follow leaders, mm-hmm. whether they're Christian or not? Um, how you know, yeah. allowing them space to lead. That, actually, yeah, that <laughs> comes up a lot. We talk about it would be so great for every like every teacher or every parent to live as a principal for mm-hmm. a day because you're right. You make these decisions and you have all of this context and you can see all of these different pieces that aren't evident until you see all of them from kind of that zoomed out perspective. Yeah, yeah. So, Jelaine, as we kind of come to the close of this conversation, we've talked a lot about how your faith kind of forms a foundation. Like, there are these foundational principles you draw from your faith, but also, like, no leadership is not a person, no leader is not a person. (laughs) So, how has your faith on a personal level kind of impacted your your leadership or the way that you lead? Um, Matt. Great question. (laughs) (laughs) That is a really great question. I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) Um, There are a few ways. I think um, one one thing that I I guess go back to is as I use the Psalms a lot personally as a way to um, kind of deal with situations that I'm going through at work. So I have. I have a personal journal that I keep at work and it has to-do lists and sets up my week and I set goals for the week and kind of project management things. And as I'm setting up the week, I often will just based on what's happening that week or where I am or what's going on, find a psalm that fits. And then when I'm looking back, you know, at work, flipping through what I need to do that day or that week or go back to my goals and how am I doing, that's just kind of a presence there. There have been times when... Um, I just feel like I'm being attacked from all different angles. And so, again, finding a psalm that I can stick in my desk drawer or in my bag or look at just kind of as a reflection. 
Everyone go back and listen to the Psalms and Enemies episode. Yeah, for sure. Yep. And then I think just coming to church regularly. And, you know, there are people, that, that world is intermixed too. There are people from the school who also go to the church. And so sometimes those boundaries can feel difficult, but yeah. to have, see them in a different context or to hmm. um, just engage in, you know, that, that community here too is refreshing. Can I ask you a follow-up to this? When you come to church, what's your, what's your posture towards that experience? Is it like, is this an escape? escape from my week? Is this a refueling from my, I think different people kind of have different, is it refueling for my week? Is it, this is like the foundation for my week? Like, how do you kind of think about coming to church when you have this job that's quite consuming, really? There's a yeah. lot of like thought. It's probably on your mind a lot. What does a particular Sunday service, the Sunday liturgy do for you? If anything. <laughs> <laughs> I think it depends on the, the season that yeah, I'm in or the, like, the situation, right? Specifically so, the music. Actually. The music. <laughs> you could address that. Well, um, I, sometimes it is like an escape mm-hmm. where I'm not thinking about anything that's going on at work. Sometimes it is um, to more like a setting up for the week. The, I love the blessing at the end of the service. just mm-hmm. feels really real to me. Um, there are times when I have to force myself to come to church because yeah. I just really want to hide mm-hmm. at home and stay in bed and not be out because mm-hmm. um, I don't know what people are going to say or think or whatever. Um, but it's always it's always good it's always good to to be here and to what, whether it's reflecting or escaping or setting up to go mm-hmm. out into the world. Hey, we're gonna do a segment called "I Like It," and it's gonna be a lightning round. So we're gonna mm. we're gonna just say what we like, and then move on to the next person. I'm gonna, you know, I'm not. Well, here's here's what I like. I like a simplified menu. So I go to a restaurant, and like In and Out, it's like you have like a few choices. You get a hamburger, cheeseburger, double cheeseburger, fries, and a drink. <laughs> Price is clearly labeled. Price is clearly labeled. <laughs> I'm not overwhelmed with my choices. There is a secret menu if you're into that, but it's all just kind of simple and it's right there and I like it. Good. That's great. Jelaine? Okay, mine, I'm, you know, I don't want to stir up controversy. I know that this has been a topic recently around the Granite Springs community. And I know I've even seen some social media dialogue about this too. Oh, wow. But I'm going to come out and just. Set the record straight. I like Aaron's beard. Wow. You heard it here first. <laughs> Breaking. Breaking news. Breaking news. Listeners, if, you, if you're curious about my beard, it sounds like this. Oh, that's disgusting. Yeah, that, is <laughs> that is gross. I don't like it anymore. Yeah, I don't like <laughs> She liked Sam, the beard. She didn't like that. <laughs> Sam, that you've had, you have a much better beard than I do. Yeah, I like Sam's. That's beard actually too. true. Yeah. Actually. And you've had it longer. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, it's the newness. What's I think maybe if I might not I mean, I don't want to st- like alter your I like it, but I think it's just I've never, ever, ever had one before. Well, I haven't let you. Oh. Yeah, you've had some Did input you know that? into it. That you actually weren't uh, I get encouragement to, to shave like at some point, you know, after a week or so. It's like uh but we got over that hump and here it is. Mm-hmm. There it is. It looks pretty decent. <laughs> yeah. But but not as good as mine. <laughs> you can help him You're with like, some trimming. Oh, You're yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Thanks. I like. Um, <laughs> I like you. I like you. <laughs> that was gonna be such a cute moment. I know. <laughs> they stopped. I like you. <laughs> Um, I was working, I like bicycles. I was working on my mountain bike and I've got, you know, when you have like something like a part, well, like on a mountain bike, especially things get dirty and grindy. And so you have parts that I like it to be like super quiet when I ride, oh. I like some grindy parts. And I just like the status, like I like to work on my own bikes too. And I took these, when I take things apart, I clean them up, oh. new lube on them put them back together, torque them up just right, and then it's like quiet and clean and smooth. It's very satisfying. I like it. Well, that's good. Mine is I like uh, implementing a new task management system. (laughs) So we're just burying the soul here. Uh, No surprises for anyone based on my life policies. It's so satisfying when you find something that works. I just subscribed to Todoist which mm-hmm. is a platform, app, various things to help manage. And I've been flossing twice a day since I started using it, uh, been exercising better. So I'm just excited about It's making you a better person. It's making me a better person. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that was possible. Well, yeah. Does it say on there, get a haircut? <laughs> uh, I have not added that <laughs> you to should, my list. You should add well, it once a month. List. Get a haircut. Yeah, I should. That'd be good. Well, until next time, I'm Sam. I'm Jelaine. I'm Aaron. And I'm Matt. Thanks for being curious with us.